Okay, so remember that God had said that he was going to make a new king instead of Saul, who was going to be better than Saul. And then we, right after that, then we see David anointed king. And then the first story we have about David, and I think this is why, you know how I told you that I thought maybe the story of David and Goliath could have been out of order. I don't know if whether it was or not, like chronologically. Sometimes the Bible does that. Sometimes it puts stories in a different order than what the way it happened chronologically. And when it does it, it does in order to make a point. And that story absolutely makes a point about who is better, David or Saul, doesn't it? We get the introduction to David and he's anointed and we've told all these things about him. The Lord is with him. He's all he's brave. He's all these things. And then the first story we oh man, we see he's brave and how he trusts in the Lord. So after that, then it says that as soon as this happened and David spoke to Saul, Jonathan sees that and it says the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, meaning they were BFFs. They were just best friends. They loved each other as friends. And he made a covenant with David. And this means like, like a special promise, right? That they were going to be friends and they were going to be loyal to each other. And David went around with Saul. So David was Saul's armor bearer, which means he would go and fight with him and carry some of his weapons and different things like that. And he was successful wherever he went, conquered Israel's enemies. So one time they were coming home from a battle and they'd, they'd beaten the Philistines. They'd beat them silly. And the women of the city welcomed them back. They were singing and dancing, going out to meet King Saul with tambourines and songs and the women sang this song. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. How do you think that makes Saul feel? Sad. Jelly. Jelly. Yeah, jelly and sad. Yeah. So they were praising Saul, but David was an even better warrior than Saul. So Saul was angry and it displeased him. He says, they described him 10,000. And he says, what more can he have but the kingdom? And of course, that's what God had given to David. He was going to have the kingdom. So the next day, this harmful spirit, remember how sometimes Saul would have a harmful spirit from God? And that was why he had David come and play the harp for him or the, or the lyre or whatever he played on. The lyre, not the harp. So David was playing the lyre for him, and a harmful spirit came, and Saul was angry and jealous. And so I think you can tell, though, where this sort of harmful spirit comes from. Saul's filled with jealousy and anger, and that's what makes him want to do this. That's where this harmful spirit comes from. When we are filled with things like jealousy and anger, it opens us up to attacks from the devil, to temptation. So he picks up his spear, and he thought, I'm going to pin David to the wall. And he threw his spear at David. But David dodged twice. You guys ever played dodgeball at school? Uh, yeah. You never played dodgeball at school? But you do? Sometimes. Oh, dodgeball's fun. There's this one movie that I watched a long time ago called Dodgeball. And there's this guy who's teaching these guys how to play dodgeball. And he goes, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. And he starts throwing wrenches at him. <laughs> Which is really mean. <laughs> They're really heavy metal objects. It would hurt a lot. Anyway, a spear is a lot worse than that. But David would just dodge it. Now notice this. He dodged him twice. So either Saul had two spears on hand. Or David dodged and then stayed there 
And then Saul did it again. But David did. He, uh, he continued playing for Saul because David was loyal. But Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but the Lord had departed from Saul. That made Saul afraid. See, he doesn't have the spirit of the Lord. He doesn't trust in the Lord. So now he's angry at the Lord. He's jealous. He's jealous of David. So Saul removed David from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand in the army because he wanted him to be gone. Maybe he also thought, well, he'll, he'll die in wars. But David went out and fought all over the place. So being a commander of a thousand, that's a pretty high like military command. So like normally, like I don't know what it would be called today, but like normally in our army, like a captain would be a commander of like a hundred, I think. So this would be a person who's over 10 groups of captains. So it's a pretty high position. And wherever David went, he had success because the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that David was having so much success, he was conquering his enemies, and that the people were all in awe of him, then Saul was afraid of David because he was afraid he was going to like take his place and be king. But all of is well, that's the thing. David isn't going to take Saul's place. God is going to give David Saul's place. But David never, ever tries to take the kingdom from Saul. See, the reason what Saul is thinking is Saul's looking at David and he's seen all the ways that David is better than him, right? He's seen, oh, the people love David more than they love me. And he's seen, oh, uh, the Lord is with David and the Lord's not with me anymore. And he's seen, oh, you know, David strikes down 10,000 and I strike down 1,000. The reason that makes Saul so angry is because he knows that it's true. And so he's afraid that that means David will come and take the kingdom. But David never wants to do that at all. But God's going to give it to him. So then, all right, all right, remember we had, well, so far we said Jonathan, who is Saul's son, is best friends with David. The people, who are Saul's people, they love David. David's a better warrior. The Lord, who anointed Saul to be king, well, He's not with Saul anymore, but he's with David. Now, David's, uh, sorry, Saul's daughter. So Saul says to David, here is my elder daughter, Mirab. I'll give her to you for a wife. Be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. So why do you think Saul would do that? Because to distract him. Basically, he's thinking, oh, here, I'll give you my wife. And he's in, in these battles. And he thought, uh, you know, he thought the hand of the Philistines will be against him. He'll be fighting, and maybe he'll be fighting in order to like show off for his wife, or or he'll be distracted by his new wife. Whatever it is, he's thinking maybe he'll die in battle. But David said, "Who am I, and who are my relatives that I should be a son-in-law of the king?" He thought, "I'm not worth." He said, "I'm not worthy of that." But at the time when Mirab was supposed to be given to David, Saul gave her to a different person, Adriel the Mahalathite. It's an interesting name. Now, Saul had another daughter named Michael. And Michael loved David. Just like Jonathan, in a different way, Jonathan loved David as a friend. Michael loved David as in romance. But you say a girl. Michael can be a boy's name or a girl's name. It sounds more like a boy's name. It's usually a boy's name, but it can be either. It's a girl? This Michael is a girl. What? Yeah. That's why she loves David. It's a girl. That's why I said it was Saul's daughter. 
Oh, I didn't. Okay. Now, when Saul realized that his daughter, Michael, loved David, he thought, oh, I'm going to give her to him, and she'll be a snare for him and the Philistines. So, you know, he'll be distracted, and he'll fight, and then the Philistines will kill him. So David's, Saul told David again, all right, you can really be my son-in-law this time. I know I said that to you before, and then I basically lied, and then I gave Mary to somebody else, but now you can really be my son-in-law. And he told his servants, Speak to David in private and say, Behold, the king loves you and all his servants love you. So become the king's son-in-law. So Saul's servants did that. And David said, Does it seem to you a little thing to become the king's son-in-law since I'm a poor man and have no reputation? So, so David was like, My family, we're nothing. But the servants of Saul told him what David said. And Saul said, Tell David this. The king doesn't want a bride price. He just wants you to go and kill a hundred Philistines that you can be avenged on the king's enemies. Actually, he said he wanted him to go circumcise 100 Philistines, like kill him and then circumcise him. That would mean they have to kill him. So normally, if you were going to marry somebody, you'd have to like pay, who's like an important person, you'd have to like pay a bride price in order to marry her. So, but David is from a poor family. So he's like, oh, you know, this is all that, all Saul really wants you to do is go do this. So Saul's thinking, well, we'll have to go and fight these Philistines and then maybe they'll kill him. I don't know why he keeps like make, thinking that the Philistines are going to kill David because yeah. he knows that the Lord is with David. He knows David's a great warrior. He knows the Lord gives David success wherever he goes, but he still tries this. So David's like, "All right, I'll do that." So Saul said, "I want you to give me a hun like you know circumcise a hundred Philistines." And David did it to two hundred Philistines just to just to pay the bride price. So he brought back, he brought him to the king, and he married Michael. And when Saul saw and knew that the Lord is with David and that Michael, his daughter, loved him, Saul was even more afraid of David. So he was David's enemy continually. What did David ever do to you? Nothing, that's the point. <laughs> David's only ever loyal to Saul. Don't know that yeah. Jesus no, that's So, so God keeps giving David success. He keeps blessing David. And why does God do that for David? Because David believes in God. Well, true, but also because God said he would. God has promised. God promised to make David king. He was the one that God chose. So God chose David, he made promise to David, and he's keeping his word. And God's promise to David gives David faith in God, to trust in him, to bless him and be with him. God chose you too. How do you know that God chose you? Because we believe in him. In a way that's true, but also, he baptized you. Uh, he sent his son to die on the cross for you. We believe in him because he chose us, okay? So the fact that we believe in him, oh, is that, that, that reminds us that he chose us. But the reason that we believe in him is because he chose us. He said, I want you. And he made his promises to us. And he gave us the forgiveness of sins. And then he blesses us. And we can know that the Lord is with us because in our baptism, he gave us his promise and he gave us his spirit just like he gave to David. And anything that we face, and any trouble that we have, and anything sad, we know the Lord is with us. And we can face it with hope.